Hey everyone, welcome to SEO This Week, episode 121. My name is Clint Butler and I'm joined by my faithful companion, Ted Kabaitis. Hello. <laughs> Anything good going on this week for you, Ted? How was your weekend? Oh, well, I'm utterly exhausted. I'm in the final push of getting Cora 5 out the door. So I am feature complete, code complete. It's all working. I am down to three bugs left from Cora 4, uh, 9.2 or whatever the last, uh, the previous version. Yeah. So I will attempt to fix those bugs and get them in, in the release. But if that attempt isn't timely, they'll be punted to the future so we can get <laughs> Quora 5 out the door. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be exciting. Well, I spent Memorial Day. We barbecued some hamburgers and such. And then the day before, if you ever had to weed eat a quarter of an acre of trees, then you know my pain. That was horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's awful. <laughs> so that's what I spent the day before. Luckily for me, I got a hot tub. I took advantage of him for both days, so that's good. And our other guest, you may have noticed, is Jason Brown from Serpwood. How you doing, Jay? Oh, good, good. Glad to be here. You prefer Jay or Jason? Uh, you know, I guess nowadays Jason, because I've had so many people call me JB, Jay. I mean, P, I mean, people even get it wrong and call me James. So, <laughs> so I guess it's just Jason now. I'll stick with Jason because that's how I was talking All about right. so, <laughs> Just to make sure we're good. <laughs> uh, if you guys don't know, Jason has a uh, he's worked with CC Carter, correct? And you uh, built a Serp Womb. Uh, we're going to go over a little bit about uh, some of your. Uh, uh, 2019 analysis of SEO for industries. In particular, we're going to look at your post on the e-com and kind of walk us through how to use your tool to create the same kind of data for any market uh, sure. and just highlight some of the stuff that goes on there. I've been with you guys since you started. Now you're on oh, yeah. yeah, I remember the first first iterations of Serpu, which was really cool. So, Yeah, uh, I think you that. Yeah, I think you made one of the uh, first YouTube videos for us too, you know, just promoting our stuff. So way, you know, way back a long time ago. Yeah, I did. That was, that was an easy keyword to rank for at the time. <laughs> 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 All right. So let's go and get started and sharing the screen. Don't have very many stories, just seven. Uh, so, but some interesting ones. People have been bouncing around and showing off and hopefully everyone's got that. Lock that in. And here we go. Mozblog, I haven't been here in quite some time, is analyzing Google's new desktop people also search for box. Uh, I don't know if it's so much news, just a lot of people were paying attention to it, especially SEOs. And if you don't know what he's talking about, it's when you hit the back button and you get this interesting little people also search for links, kind of like related searches. Uh, I've even been using them since they started that. I'll go do a search, click some links and stuff, and then go back and collect those as my H tags uh, because the related searches, um, you know, will provide some information, but this kind of provides, for me, a little bit more targeted stuff. Uh, Ted, have you used any of those people also search? Um, well, it's it's been a golden nugget since uh, 
Kyle started including it in all of his uh, presentations. I don't know if I should steal Kyle's content, though. But Man, go uh, ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but I credit Kyle Roof for this. He he's the one, to my knowledge, he's the one that discovered that if you take those and use them in headings on your page, you start ranking for them. So rank for your your primary keyword first and foremost. And then at the end, take your uh, people also search for headings and just throw them in as H2s somewhere on the page. And most of the time, you'll get those as uh, things you rank for additionally. Yeah, I use those like if you want to rank for multiple terms, et cetera, and everyone's got those dreams of ranking 100 keywords pages. And this is kind of a way to do that uh, without really having to dink around with creating specific content for each one of those terms. Uh, I use those in H2s and H3s in conjunction with related searches and Google Trends. You can do auto-suggest, too. It gets a little bit more clouded that way. Um, And it's also a great way if you're looking like your core user or a user of Page Optimizer Pro and you're doing variations and matches. uh, Oftentimes, I find that those are already picked up inside of these here. It kind of saves me a little bit of trouble that way to think of new things. You know what I mean? So. Um, good post. It kind of looks at it in a, in a different way in case you aren't thinking about it. And you can see how to leverage it a little bit more, especially in your keyword research stuff uh, and on page building. So I checked that out. A decent one for Moz, finally. Uh, next one is from Content King. Uh, it's a contentkingapp.com, and this is on Image SEO, the ultimate guide. I just kind of want to highlight this over because I'm kind of stuck on images for a couple weeks. If you didn't know, I think we, it's like the third week we've had an Image SEO post in here. Uh, this is a pretty good one, just kind of looking at alternate tags, et cetera, and how fast your lim- images load and things you can do. The key point I wanted to highlight is the schema markup. Uh, if you're not using a plugin like Yoast now, they're trying to do uh, image markup uh, a little bit. But if you're not using the plugin, this is a good way to come down here and just kind of find some formats uh, and do your images uh, on your own manually. Right. So obviously the best way for schema is to, to manually enter it in there. But um, if you're using the plugin, it takes care of it. Don't worry about it. If not, then here you go. You can really flesh these out. Uh, with a lot of data. I'd actually go one step further and look into this and see if you can have a geo coordinates too for uh, map ranking and etc. Uh, so that's a good post. Check that one out. Uh, next is rank and rise. First time I've been to this site is how to manage and monitor your tier backlinks. Now, if you've ever been a user of GSA search engine ranker to build backlinks, a lot of times now, I bet you nine times out of 10, that software is collecting dust somewhere on your computer. Uh, now you can bring it back alive. Um, okay, so what the pros, what they're doing is setting up campaigns so you can plug in your, your anchor text, tier one, tier two, and even tier three, plug in your backlinks into the software and let it go and check over and over again as many times as you want to make sure the links are still alive to see if your tiers are still there. This saves you a whole lot of work and all those other, you know, softwares and tools and managing and collecting and spreadsheets or whatever. You just throw it inside of a campaign inside of GSA here and let it do its thing. He walks you completely through step by step how to use the software to set this whole thing up. 
Uh, and if I were you, I'd go through it once and create a template, and then you can use that over and over and over again. Uh, this is really good use of a tool that you know I still like and I still use. You can still build backlinks with, uh, assuming you're filtering your list, et cetera, the right way, uh, and you're not pointing them at you know anything too important. Like this is a good tool for tier two and three links, in my opinion, still. Uh, but now you can manage it for all your backlinks, which is, I think is pretty cool. Either, either of you guys mess with GSAs here? Uh, you know, I did back in the day uh, for quite a while and even ran a service uh, for link building that, you know, this was a tool that we used to help build those links uh, yeah. as one of the tools. But, yeah, you know, ju- just like you said up front, it's collecting dust now on my desktop. So, uh, you know, maybe I'll break it back out and try this. Yeah, I think this is a really good use. I can't believe anyone's never thought of it before. Uh, Grindstone, I'm sure you're familiar with him. He, he thought it was awesome. So, yeah, uh, I'm kind of second with him. He's still building lists and stuff, but uh, it now has another use. And you can, I think it solves the problem that a lot of us were having is how do you, you're going to go through the trouble and make tier two and threes, even fours and fives, like he's got in the demo here, and then not know if they're still there. And then wondering why your ranking lost, and you go back here and just run this report and go, oh, crap, I lost half my power. Let me try that. So. It's it's a really cool concept, what's in this article and, and how they're using uh, this software. Like, conceptually, it's cool. It's it's kind of the reverse of rank tracking. It's starting with your URLs and going from there. Yep. And so that's that's, to me, that's a cool concept. That's... You know, that's how I would want to build, you know, something like that. Yeah. That's cool. This is going to force me to start playing with it some more. You know, I build links with it anyway. Now I'm going to build some monitor my links. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Next one is on Bright Local. This is a good one. I thought Ted might get a kick out of this. Is a, uh, it's a GMB comparison report, basically. Uh, maps versus organic, et cetera, et cetera, where people are using maps and stuff. Uh, and some of the key findings. Whoa, what happened? Oh. I'm back. You guys there? Yep. Okay. Jeez. I didn't know you were gone. It was so short. <laughs> Normally, I could make some shout outs to people in chat. <laughs> my monitor went blank. I was like, talking, talking. <laughs> That's my sign to get a new computer. Anyway, so some of the key findings customer trust details and local websites more than Google My Business and online directories. I think that's pretty insightful considering knowing how much leads, how many leads maps bring in and phone calls that they're, they're trusting the, the actual organic website more than they are the map. The directories doesn't surprise me. I don't trust directories either. Well, yeah, you know, the, the spammers are are in the directories and, and the aggregators. The spammers are not on the local business website. Yeah. So, yeah, the odds are in your favor of avoiding a spammer with, with going direct to a local business. Which is good for getting, in my opinion. Well, good for local businesses, too. Yeah, as long as they keep it up, is which one of the things is the point out here is that 50% of consumers won't use the local business if the contact information is out of date. Something that simple is a significant buyer 
checkpoint or, you know, what is it? I, the word is escaping me right now, but it's a deterrent for buyers if your stuff is wrong. Yeah, if if the phone number gets an out of service message, I'm not going to even attempt the email. So it's it's a no brainer. I know a lot of people now, including myself. If I get a voicemail, I'm not even going to deal with you. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's um, got to be ergonomic anymore. Otherwise, you lose lose the leads. So I guess it really kind of reiterate the point to everybody make sure that one simple page that we all just kind of half-heartedly make the contact page is probably the most accurate on your website yeah it's the most important page if you're collecting leads it needs the most attention not the least let's see only eight percent of consumers never look at a website when choosing a local business which is interesting uh and gnb features is Operational hours, directions, and reviews. So kind of go back into the reviews and why they're so important. You know, that makes sense. The only time I don't visit the website for a local service is when the water's pouring through the ceiling. <laughs> like, <laughs> call, call. <laughs> so that's probably that 8% are people with urgency. Yeah, I would imagine yeah, I'm the same way. Maybe it's my cynicalness, cynicism. I think there's a word, my big word for the day. Uh, makes me just want to check the website before I go to the maps because I know how spammed out maps are. Um, Jay, Jason, I don't know. Are you doing a lot with map stuff in Serplu? Um, well, we, you know, we we can definitely bring that information up, and we've actually got uh, a tool in our labs section that that looks at local too. Um, but, you know, we, you know, I'm kind of same with you guys. If, if I hit a website and a contact page is horrible, like if they're still using a hotmail email address, uh, or if it looks like, you know, this, this website was made out of front page, or if I'm looking at the directory or some kind of map listing and it says 47 positive reviews and everybody else around them has like one or two, you know, one or two reviews, then I know it's spammed and gained. But yeah, if if you go into Serplu, you know, we we can definitely pull that information up, and uh, you you can check stuff out on our uh, local tool too that that's in the labs. You mentioned like front page and stuff. Does that does seeing going to a, a local website and seeing like something built in the nineties does that turn you off, or do you? <laughs> Yeah, well, it, it it's kind of both. One, I kind of get the impression, you know, you know, let's say I'm looking for an HVAC person, and uh, I'll run across this website. It looks like it was built in, uh, you know, 98, 99, and two things hit me. Either this guy is doing so damn well that he doesn't even have to worry about the contacts that he gets online because maybe everything he does is word of mouth and he's old school and he knows all the old furnaces and you know just like he's just this master you know he's been in the game forever uh or it's somebody that is cheap and just doesn't care and 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 maybe that's somebody that i don't want to work with so so it's kind of double edge uh but for a law for a large part it does turn me off because i'm just like you know, just invest just a little bit more into your business and, and how it's presented. Uh, but like if it's some old dude that knows everything about HVAC because he's been doing it for 40 years, then then maybe it's actually, in, you know, an advantage because, uh, you know, I, you know, I know that he's going to 
know what he needs to do with with my air conditioning unit. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same line. How about you, Ted? I was muted. Uh, yeah, you know it. it it depends what signals you're sending. Uh, you know, being old school is okay when experience matters. So, yeah, I don't, I don't mind it at all when I know I'm getting experience in exchange for it. You know, if somebody says they've been in the business uh, forty years and and their web page comes off like a millennial, then there's a mismatch with the experience level and the maturity level. That's true. All right, so that's bright local. You can look at all the pretty graphs and stuff if you want to. The some of the entire articles right there up top. So I hope you enjoy that one. Let's see. Next is qsqi.com. This is an interesting one, just because we were talking about how to snippets, etc., and some of the search. Uh, Snippets you can get, the extra help with videos and monetization, etc. cetera. Uh, really, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this because we beat this up before, but you can go down here all the way to the bottom. And if you're doing YouTube videos, you want to read that section and how to turn that into uh, how to apply the schema, etc. It's all inside of there for YouTube. You don't even need a website anymore, which is pretty cool. So. Uh, I would check that article out, especially if you're in the video marketing game. Has anybody done a study, to your knowledge, if the net gain of putting content into the Google search result pages is beneficial? Uh, I've heard people claim it, but I've never seen a study. I've never seen it either. I've never seen anyone, you know, here's what I did and here's the results of. I've never seen that. I think the closest thing is probably Matt Diggity in his post a long time ago on how to capture feature snippet. But. Yeah, but, you know, mechanically doing it and it paying off dividends are two different things. Yeah, that's true. I guess that would be something interesting to be able to see. Yeah, um, I, Is it sending you more traffic because you're there or are you just getting more brand exposure? From my perspective, it's... Brand exposure is really what I expect to get out of it. I don't expect to get much traffic from it since the answers are right there. Yeah, yeah. You'd have to set up some pretty gnarly uh, uh, metrics. So you'd want to look at unique visitors and and overall traffic and rankings and probably organic revenue and then, you know, deploy the how-to schema that takes the content off of the page and then look what happens, you know, the net effects of what happens to the page. Is it worthwhile in the end? Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, it's just one of those lingering doubts I've always had about Google lifting our content. <laughs> and they're not going to pay you for it. Unless you're yeah. in the movie, then you can try. Jason, I know you got a whole bunch of how-to videos or Posts on, on did you go back and try this out or anything, or you just kind of blown it off? Yeah, not yet, and and not because that you know I want to blow it off or anything. It's just uh, get so inundated with work uh, and projects and stuff that that you know I've got this massive list of things that I would love to do and that I would like to try, and then reality hits, and it's like oh you know I my list is really just three or four things that I can actually handle, so. So I'm kind of at, you know, at that point right now. 
No, I, I get that. I got a hard drive full of hopes and dreams. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Next one. Technically, love this one. 73 metrics to get your KPIs in order. I thought this was pretty cool. Uh, one, if you just don't know what any of these, these things mean, uh, and then two, just kind of how to calculate them. Somebody actually went through and took the time to do all the math formulas for you uh, and help you determine how to take how to you know create KPIs. Uh, not so much as in monitoring, but at least you know how to get there. That's uh, half the, the battle. Uh, one that Ted likes to talk about, and I'm kind of going to put him on the spot because you know. I want to is the uh, gross revenue and, and monitoring revenue to monitor SEO results versus just, you know, rankings, for example, or conversions. Why do you, Ted, why do you choose revenue over conversions? Wouldn't conversions tell you revenue? Uh, well, it, it does, but it's less sensitive. So if you imagine a needle on a gauge, conversions are, you know, that's order count. So that's one, two, one, two, three, one, two, three, four. When you do revenue, it's like you're multiplying order count by the dollar amounts. So it's, you know, uh, $50, $24. You get a much more sensitive needle reading. So the volatility in the measurement is there. And that gross revenue is an awesome indicator for the overall health of the system. If anything is wrong anywhere in the system, you will see it in gross revenue. So if your shopping cart sucks, if you have confusing navigation, if your SEO suddenly bottoms out, you will notice it in that revenue needle. So if you're watching for issues and looking for successes, gross revenue is the number one KPI. And you can set up e-commerce tracking in Google Analytics, and you can create custom source medium reports that will break out organic traffic by uh, the source and medium. So you can break out each individual search engine and find out how many revenue dollars their organic traffic is contributing to your your bottom line. And uh, and that's the best way to do it because if all of a sudden, if you have like 15 sites and one of them goes to zero for organic revenue from Google, you know that one site has a problem with Google. If all of them like take a hit, then you know it might be algorithmic at Google and you can look at that. If if it's just Bing that went out, you know, then you know that Google's fine. You can address Bing. But you have to have that uh, reporting set up to be able to do those types of diagnostics on where the source of the problem is. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's amazing when you can set it up. The other cool thing is that you can compare your gross revenue in Google Analytics with the gross revenue from your credit card payment processor. And using those numbers, you can figure out how lossy Google Analytics is. And Google Analytics, if you haven't heard, it's lossy. <laughs> so it's good to, to understand how much you're not seeing because of the sampling in Google Analytics. And you can actually calculate it by comparing with your payment processor. Nice. Nice. 
and with that, there's more here, obviously. The 74, I'm not going to show you all of them, but there you go. I think it was really helpful. I would bookmark this for you guys uh, and ultimately maybe even turn and create a page for yourself, especially if you were in an agency. Uh, and if not, you're on your own. Just find the ones that you need and help you see your improvements. And with, yeah, we're going to stay on e-commerce. You guys have all seen this before. If you watch the show, we highlighted this when we first published it. Uh, it's the 2019 analysis of SEO for e-commerce. My screen. There we go. We're back. Okay. So the 2019 SEO analysis for e-commerce. And Jay, tell us a little bit about this. Why? What drew you to creating this? Uh, well, so you know, I guess. The main thing is, is that I was just curious, you know, that's just been my, my whole life motto is, is that I've been curious and that's kind of where SERP Woo got its start, uh, was from that same premise. And then, uh, you know, as the years have gone by and we've built tools that could be used for public, and then we've built tools internally for, for me and C Carter, um, you know, it, it just came down to it that. You know, just like with uh, ranking a website and there was normal rank trackers that just track that just track your website only based on a keyword and maybe two or three competitors. I was more curious about, well, what's happening in the whole SERP or what's happening in this whole niche and bringing it down further to this type of, of analysis. That's just kind of where that naturally came from. You know, now that, that I've got SERPU and many other people have got SERPU and, and we can look at the whole SERP, the natural next progression was, well, what's happening across my whole industry? And that's kind of where this idea came from to look at uh, analysis as an industry whole, not just, you know, one keyword or just one SERP uh, or some case study that somebody did that's like, hey, you know, look how I rank my website for dog snuggies. You know, I, I wanted to look at, you know, what's actually happening in this vertical or in this industry. So I kind of dug through uh, some of the data that we have at Serpu, looking at all the data that we collect, uh, all the URLs, all the pages, and then saying, well, I can group this. Uh, as an industry, be it higher education, be it attorneys, be it e-commerce, be it local in general. And um, I kind of did it as a rolling also. So the, so the first one I did was higher education. Uh, the second one was uh, for, for local SEO, and it kind of built up on it. And then there was this e-commerce one. And then there was the attorneys. And, and my hope was that if doing four or five or six of these, I, I could get a broader understanding of not only the, each industry, but as SEO as a whole as well to see what were really the good practices. Uh, so as far as, you know, building this, it was just really digging into our data and digging into our tools and then using some custom internal scripts that we built and then connecting that with, uh, you know, APIs like with AHRFs and, and collecting some data there. And then finally sorting through all of this, uh, and ordering it out and then publishing it out to the world. Is this something that, like, I could I put the, follow the exact same steps that you did and use SERP to build it, or do you know, I need the custom scripts, et cetera, to help push that along? You know, for uh, 
the, the answer would really be it's about 50-50. So 50% of this uh, you can definitely do with Circle right, you know, right out of the box. And that's going to be things like uh, the day-to-day rankings and, vol- and volatility, you know, seeing if it's the top three or top five or top ten that aren't changing very much and, and keeping steady, or if it's just the volatility score itself, like what you have up right now, you know, if it's in the 50s or 40s or, or, or if it's below, uh, you know, that you can definitely get out of Serpu. Finding out who to copy, uh, you know, if you're into to researching your competitors and seeing what links that they've got or what content that they're building, uh, you know, looking to find out who to copy, who not to copy, because maybe somebody just jumped into the SERPs three or four days ago. And that's going to be uh, maybe somebody you don't want to copy right now that you can do in SERPU as well. Uh, looking at domain age, um, because we write about domain age and and what and what it takes to to actually get ranked where. You know, most of these rankings do not have a domain that's under one year of age. That's within Circle too. Um, if 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 we're looking at stuff like local, you can definitely use one of our tools that are in the lab section and and look at that local area and actually look at that SERP in real time. Uh, because like in in the higher education one, I pointed out with the architecture school degree. You know, you're you're basically scrolling uh, a good part of the real estate before you ever get to the first or, or organic ranking. And, and that's something that you can check with our local search tool. Um, so the other half, though, is some internal scripts that we have. Not that you necessarily, you know, would have to have or build these tools. You would want to do it, though, for looking at things because, Part of our internal scripts, they're looking at each one of these websites uh, across the top 100 across all of these terms. And it's visiting that website and it's pulling the HTML and it's looking for certain tags or it's looking for count of links or it's looking for uh, just different sections of that HTML. You know, you would have to have something that did that for you. Um, you know, that's an, inter- an internal script that, that SERPWU does not do. And then also SERPWU does not connect to things like Ahrefs. Uh, so you would have to have a subscription there and then pull their API and, and build something to, you know, pull any of that linking data. Um, you know, so I guess the real answer is half of this that you could do with SERPWU and the other half you would need to either build out or, or have another tool for. Uh, I don't think that that's going to be that way for very long, though. Uh, so not, you know, letting no cats out of the bag or anything <laughs> like that. But, you know, SERPWU was built uh, years and years and years ago as a tool to do research like this. It's, it's just taking a while to get there and, and to get these internal tool, tools brought out. So, uh, I think further down the line, uh, you would be definitely be able to use all of SERPWU. Uh, but, you know, right now it is at least 50 percent just inter- internal scripts that we have so that we can look at our data. Is this can you take this data? Let's say you did it for I got what January, March, April and do next quarter and see if there's differences in what you saw. Yeah, you know, right now, um, you know, that would be purely just a manual process for me. Uh, but yeah, you know, you know, doing the same process again, you know, I could take this data, um, which I have saved on my desktop 
and then pull it for the next quarter and and then just compare those two, you know, those two outputs to see if there was a difference. And that is something that I was looking to do. Um, I kind of stopped on these four because I got to thinking, well, if I did a fifth and a sixth and a seventh one, I'm and keep going forward. I'm never going to have time to go back and reevaluate. So, um, you know, that is part of the plan to to go back and do that. But it's going to be a a manual process right now. Yeah, I can I can relate to that. I was trying to use Cora to do multiple markets, and you get ten markets and doing a hundred keywords for ten markets. By the time you're done with those, you got to start all over again to get new data. So it's kind of oh yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> interesting this is a really good insight here that you found was that no follows that they're helping improve ranking which is contradictory for what a lot of people especially seos uh and some of the communities say no follow doesn't help with ranking at all but Laura agrees with this yeah <laughs> yeah you know it's you know i think it's really just part of that that kool-aid to drink uh, you know i i was doing uh, search engine marketing back when Yahoo was just a directory and, and I was a DMOS editor and then Google came out and then search engine optimization. And then there, you know, there was this whole deal with Matt cuts and, and Google lies to you so that, that you won't do something, but you know, they, they do something else with their other hand. And, you know, so I've always been that person that that's just like, I don't drink the Kool-Aid. I don't believe anything that Matt cuts or John says, you know, I, I want to test this. And, um, you know, even back in 2017, I was testing out some different marketing tactics. And one of those was, uh, you know, getting a bunch of links from a website that is historically all the links on it are, are no follow. And I obtained a bunch of links for certain keywords and I did nothing else that month with that. And when I checked my stats, uh, we were ranking for that keyword now. And, and those, that keyword plus some, some different ones were all from that one website. And these were all no follow links. And I got to thinking, you know, this obviously passed something, um, you know, whether it was the anchor being seen and attributed or whether it was the fact that no follows is actually passing some juice in some fashion to help me rank because this was the only thing that I did with these keywords. And, and then from that point, um, I kept building more links and I didn't care if they were no follow or, or do follow. And then I wrote the higher education article and I thought, well, now I'm going to look at a ton of websites and a ton of links. Uh, so I did that with higher, ed, you know, higher education, and I did it with these three other um, re- reports. And it all shows the same thing. And people have come back to me and said, well, you know, it, it could just be a case of, you know, these sites have more links in general. So, so therefore, their percentage of no follows is higher. But, you know, that's that seems nice on paper, but when you actually break it down to there's actually websites on page three or page four or page five that have more total backlinks, um, but they have less no follow percentage, you know, that that then reverses that. So when I look at page one, page two and page three and they have a higher percentage of, of no follows, but maybe less, less total backlinks compared to page four or five. It, it really doesn't down to that no follows are doing something. And, you know, if, if I was an SEO that had listened for years that no follows were nothing, 
then I would be an SEO right now that wouldn't even try to obtain those links. Um, and definitely all the black hat link sellers, you know, there, there's no black hat link seller on Fiverr that's cashing out with no follow links. They all sell do follow. They all sell, you know, uh, high DA and, and high TF links. Uh, so the abuse is definitely in those metrics. The abuse is not in people going after no follow because, because nobody's really obtaining them. Yeah, I've not, I've been on the bank app and no follow help too. I've for years I've been ranking, I'll rank pages with just no following. It's kind of like what you said, or, you know, YouTube is famous. That's a, it's a no follow link in your description. And I, I rank pages with just the, the YouTube one. So, and yeah. I'll pass juice up through YouTube by spamming the hell out of the video and it ranks the page. So, yeah, I'm with you right there. I think, Ted, you were saying something, too. Cora proves that nofollow is a factor as well. Yeah, yeah. We we see it in individual keyword correlations, just like you've shown here, that, yeah, it correlates with rankings. And then in the shared Cora data, which covers about 25,000 keywords, if you look at all of it, it all agrees that broadly across all keywords, nofollow links help you rank. Here's a good one. Kyle will like this. Is content length? Is it a factor in rankings? And how did you come up with this one, Jay? Is picking up the, the keywords. This I'm, I'm assuming right here. This is the 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 length of the content. Two thousand two hundred seventy one words. Yeah, that would be the average. Uh, so you know, for for all of the keywords that I looked at, um, which which this one was a little harder than the other studies. Um, but for all the keywords that I looked at and then visited all of the URLs in the top 100 for all of those keywords and then pulling uh, pulling that HTML out for each of those sites. And then from that, uh, which that wasn't good enough, I actually wanted to extract the meat and potatoes out of that HTML uh, so that would be pulling the, the, I guess what you would call like an article extractor. So that way I'm not pulling, you know, um, the, the head elements or I'm not pulling things that are going to be net, you know, navigation and, and I'm not pulling things that are ads. So I'm just pulling the meat and, and potatoes. Um, this would be the average for all of that. That was page one or the average that was page two. Um, now, there is some of the big box sites mixed in this. Uh, so there is going to be some things in here that are going to be, you know, Woot or Amazon um, or eBay or, you know, even just the mom and pop stuff. Uh, one of the other articles I did, uh, the local SEL one, I did do those results excluding all of the big stuff, like the big directories, like Yelp and, and Angie's List and so forth. Uh, but 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 this one is everything and what it came out and there could be some skew there because of Amazon and mood and, and, and these longer descriptions was, you know, even when I looked at it individually and I went in and looked at specific keywords that I knew uh, that that Amazon was not at because they were longer tail, even those sites, the longer content was winning. Uh, so it's it's just more of more content has the availability to, you know, put in more things like keywords, uh, videos, 
uh, the H2s and H3s, which were showing up as a really relevant uh, structure. You know, it, it, I don't think it's really more about just more and more garbage keywords. It's really more about the more content gives you more opportunity to put in specific elements, and those elements are what's actually helping the most. I uh, tested this uh, feature uh, for word count. Is word count a factor? And I set up uh, 10 different websites and uh, ran ten this, the same experiment on all 10, and there was, like, multiple test cases in each one. And what I had on the test cases was one keyword, one test keyword, and then I would vary the word count on the page with uh, – incrementally increasing word counts from from no word count to thousands of words. And that test on word count exactly matched the results of the keyword density experimenting uh, we did. And it turns out that word count by itself isn't a factor. The keyword density appears to be the thing, but it correlates like a factor because it's so related to density and your uh, match counts of using keywords and content. So if you have more content, you probably have more keywords and that's what that correlation is. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Great information guys. So let's take a little bit of time. What, when you guys first launched this, I know that I was referring to it kind of as a ring tracker, and C. Carter actually got mad at me. <laughs> He's like, it's not a direct tracker. Um, what, how would you position Serpu? What would you call it? What would you say it is? Um, you know, I still refer to the word SERP tracker, and I tell you why. When, when this first came out, I had actually been working on it uh, for about two and a half years before it was publicly available out on Wicked Fire where, where we first launched. And, you know, I wanted something that was just better than a rank tracker because I because he, because even though I'd done SEO for a long time, I switched to PPC and then I was coming back to SEO and I just didn't keep up. So I needed a tool to kind of shortcut that learning curve to see what, you know, what was working out. And one of the questions that I had was, I want to know who my real competitors are and I want to know what they're really doing. And then that kind of expanded on to, you know, what's, what are all these competitors doing with in my SERP or within my niche as well? So I always refer to it as a SERP tracker because at the time when, when I decided to call it a SERP tracker, I was Googling stuff. And nobody was using the word SERP tracker. Uh, you, know, may, you know, maybe there was one or two outliers, uh, but this was years ago. And now I, I can type in SERP, SERP tracker and everybody is using that term and using this idea. But I, I refer to it still as a SERP tracker. Um, I even sometimes say a, a niche tracker because if you're using SERP Woo properly, you're not just monitoring one keyword. You're probably monitoring hundreds uh, and and Maybe some of them are not in the same industry, but many will be. And then it, if, if you're looking at it that way and then looking at all of your, your, your keywords in that project that are related, then it really is a, a niche tracker because, you know, you start seeing all the information that you have there. And, you know, we, we really allow you to be able to 
look at maybe different stats about each of these URLs uh, within the SERP. And then we allow you to use our keyword tool. You know, at the time when, when I built the keyword tool, um, many keyword tools were not pulling all of the keywords possible. Like, like I was really big into higher education. And I know for a fact that uh, an exercise science degree is not the exact same thing as a kinesiology degree, but they're highly related and similar in the overlap. But when I would type in exercise science into Google or to any of the other keyword tools, nobody would turn back kinesiology. Uh, so that then that's when I built the keyword tool so that I could get keywords like that and find them, uh, you know, just to make me overall a better marketer with better data. You know, I don't know if any of y'all have got Papa John's pizza, but, you know, the, their, their motto is better ingredients, better pizza. And and that's kind of what Serpu is for the search marketing you know industry. We wanted to bring better data to help people perform better within their specific SERP, not some garbage vanilla SEO advice that that doesn't work for for every project or for every niche. Makes sense. I've been messing with this ever since you launched it. It's pretty cool. How did you guys come up with the competition ratings here? Uh, well, you know what? the These ratings... Um, we pull some data that we have ourselves, uh, and then we've got, uh, some, some competition or some algorithms that, that we wanted to, to pick up on and code. Uh, but we do pull from third data too. So we're pulling some, some of that in as well. Uh, so really it's, it, it's a hodgepodge of what other people are telling us is their competition score. And then we layer on some, some of our own data to either validate that or, or to change it. Um, you know, so I, I can definitely tell you in a perfect world, the, the competition score is, is going to look more like probably what, what you're going to see uh, in the Google re, uh, keyword research tool when you're looking at uh, like per click data. And then if you were to mix that with another third party data and then you were to layer that, that, that on with our own algorithm, that's what that output's going to be. Okay. Cool. Let's see what else I wanted to ask. I'm going to go over here. Where are my project? In case you guys haven't figured that out by yet. I'm just messing <laughs> with cool. I was going to ask a quick question. <laughs> Does SERPWU have APIs? I wanted to include SERPWU metrics and Decora, is that a possible thing? Yeah, so our API is um, probably the best API out there. And, and, and I'm not just saying that because, you know, I obviously am a co-founder of SERPWU, but when the API was built, we purposely wanted to outdo all of our competitors. Uh, so I'm probably going to get this number wrong, but we have uh, 10 different languages so we've got examples for Perl, for PHP, for Go, for C++, for Rust. Um, you know, so, so we've got our API in 10, 10 different languages, you know, just as examples. And then in each of those languages, I think we've got examples. Um, so we, we definitely wanted to help anybody, even if they're doing something in R uh, and they code in R. And for some reason, they want to connect with this. You know, we, we, we've got that example there. What kind of data would, does your API provide? Uh, you know, I, I'm probably not the best to ask that because uh, C. Carter 
coded a lot of it and I'm actually not using the API since I can get in internal with all of our data. Yeah. Uh, but I, I know it's not full crud, so it's not going to be like you can take our, you know, our API and do every single thing that you can do within Serpu. But I, the, the most important things like going into a project and pulling that data out, you can definitely do that. Um, now, where it would be questionable and where I would probably get this messed up is if you wanted to use our API to, you know, start a new project and then do all the settings and then do all the keywords and get everything inserted through the API. You know, that's where it might be a little bit questionable and I'd have to clear that. But if you want to pull data out, you can definitely do that. Makes sense. Uh, all right. I think if you guys have any questions for Jason, that would be a great time to ask. In the meantime, I was going to bug him for a couple more minutes. Uh, we're almost closing up on the hour, and I don't want to be respectful of his time. Uh, with that, why is it important for me to have a view like this? Why should I see all this data versus you know where I was ranking before or whatever? You know? Sure. Well, you know, part of it is that, um, you know, if we're, if we're looking at the top 20 here for Seattle SEO expert, you know, one of the things might be that uh, I want to research and copy and emulate what one of my better competitors is doing. Now, if, if I simply look at this um, or if I were to look at uh, just Google for, for the SERP Seattle SEO expert and I look at the top, top 10 or top 20, I might see somebody in fourth today and say, you know what, I, I'm going to pick this guy. This seems like a, a good person to copy and, and emulate. Looking at Serp Blue, though, uh, you might find that the person that was ranking fourth or fifth or whoever you picked, they just came into the SERP in the last three days. Uh, that that That's going to be somebody that now I'm going to say, well, I don't know enough about this. This could be somebody that popped in with, with Black Hat Methods. Not to say that Black Hat's bad, but I don't want to copy and, and emulate it because he might tr drop out soon. Uh, so I think who you're on right now, the, this number six, is a very good example. This would be somebody I probably would not want to emulate. Um, another reason would be maybe you start looking at SERP, and maybe they've ranked for a long time, um, but they uh, have bounced around from 19th to 3rd back down the 17th to 10th, back down to 18th, and now they're sitting at second. You know, that, you know, that up and down, I'm, I'm not confident in that. Um, you know, that's telling me that, that Google's not sure where to rank this person, and I don't know if that's because of outside influences or because that's of Google itself. Uh, so I'm going to exclude that person. Now, somebody I would want to look at, um, and I'm going to guess maybe number three, Cotton Grammar, would be a good one. Somebody that's got a steady, even ranking, you know, maybe they're bouncing from second to seventh and then back up to fourth and then they're second, third for a long time. That's going to be somebody I know is established. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're probably doing good tactics. Uh, Google is sure of where they want to rank that person. And then that's going to be somebody I further do research with and try to find out, you know, what content they're pushing what you know what their weaknesses might be where where they build their links and get their press um re, their press releases done at you know that would be one reason to do this um a quick second reason might be that uh, if you're an orm and you're doing online reputation management 
you know, you might want to be proactive and you could see some bad press uh, that normally looking at Google or looking at a rank tracker wouldn't provide you, but you might see somebody over time uh, that has wrote a negative article about you or a client and they're on the second page right now and they're slowly coming up and getting ready to rank the first page. If you know that, you can alert your client or you can try to push that down or, or do some other tactics to try to prevent that from hitting the first page. So it's kind of a proactive approach there. Um, you know, though I also look at it to find out if, you know, people I'm working with are actually doing their jobs as SEOs because when they come back and tell me, hey, we, you know, we're ranked seventh, you know, I can go back into this and say, well, the reason why I'm ranking seventh now is because everybody else moved up too because two people above me got kicked out. So, like, you can see those type of changes in a, a graph like this where, where everybody is moving up or everybody is moving down. And you can verify that this is either an algorithm or if this is a manual penalty or if the people that you're paying to do SEO are actually doing their job or if they're just, you know, coat writing off of a uh, – an algorithmic change and, and you can kind of get that verification there. Interesting. And you can also tag, right? Like if you found, say I found some negative thing down here, I can tag it with ORM and, and watch it more. Yeah, it'll, yeah, you can tag it and uh, you, you can um, follow that color. And we've even got a particular uh, selection that you could hit uh, that is uh, a, basically our, our ORM mode, and you can just look at the things that you've tagged. Uh, so like a tag like negative would be that reddish color, or you can tag something neutral or positive, or if it's an affiliate or, or commercial. Um, and, and this is kind of getting an overhaul in our new interface. Uh, so our new interface is going to be able to do this just a little bit differently and, and easier. You know, we, uh, we've had some special requests that we're going to put in. Uh, but you can definitely tag it and just look at these one specific tags and, and kind of follow that and, and show clients if you want to about, you know, how great you're doing, you know, pushing down stuff. And I want to close it out with the global stats. Um, in Serpu 1, global stats used to include the Web 2s. You guys took that out? Is there a reason behind that? Just got tired of tracking it and no one used it? Uh, with kind of multiple things, you know, um, I'm sure Ted can probably lend some some advice here too, but you know, you you add things that you like to add and you think people will use, and as you add more things, you get more more overhead, and and sometimes things break easier or things change or people just don't use certain things that that you thought they would, and and really that was um, an outcome of of all of that. Uh, so while I definitely like looking at it, uh, there was times where it either slowed the system down a lot or it became you know cumbersome to show that data without somebody having to click multiple times. Um, and then there was you know just some cases where where it wasn't as popular as other features that we really needed to work on. Um, but yeah, our our global stats um, is a little di- is a little different than our first version. Uh, but, you know, it was mainly just a decision to cut it out because of multiple issues. Nice. I like how you guys kind of broke this up, local and desktop, mobile, et cetera. Uh, I found this really accurate. I prefer this over like Mozcast and the other stuff. So that was a great, I think this is a great add-on for this thing. So, 
I'm looking forward to seeing what a V3 has or a V4. I'm sorry. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, it's you know it, it's due to come out real soon, uh, so it, it'll be a, a different experience that should be a lot easier because um, you know with V3 right now we've had a lot of time over the years to get a lot of feedback uh, about what people liked and what they didn't like and and, and what was cumbersome and what wasn't. Uh, so hopefully this this new interface, which we call Quantum. Um, will be a lot easier for people to navigate and find things. Perfect. Well, Jason, I, again, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on and showing us this stuff. Uh, I've loved this tool since you started using it. So, Sure. Thank you. Uh, let's see here. Ted, you got any questions? What happened? I think we lost Ted. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, had the mute button on, had to scramble to find it. No, no, I definitely relate to having to uh, sunset uh, features in Cora. That's always uh, tricky. You know, how, how much can you offer? How much can you maintain? Are people using it? And uh, even in Cora 5, uh, I went with a hybrid approach, being able to allow people to turn things off so they don't spend time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All righty. So, folks, I don't see any questions in the question box. I Hopefully that means you're all over at Circle checking it out. Uh, again, thank you for coming to SEO This Week, episode 121, and we'll see you next week. Thanks. <laughs>